Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the kennel, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. I've been telling you the story about Woodrow. Now, I was working on a ranch in South Texas. It was my first ranching job away from my dad, and... uh. I was really excited. I went to work on this ranch in South Texas, and I was the only one that spoke English on the ranch. My TV didn't even speak English because it was, uh, you know, over the air. This was before all the big satellite stuff, and and it was the antenna caught the signal out of Piedras Negras, Mexico. And so, you know, pretty lonely time in my life. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. And so my dad showed up unexpectedly, and he had a dog with him from a friend of mine named Lance Stone that worked on the Rocker B had given me this dog. And uh, anyway, in, in last week I told you how, uh, how this dog, I, I told Woodrow one night, I said, you reap what you sow because Woodrow was jacking with Charlie. Charlie was a big tarantula that lived in my house. He had lived there before I did, so I let him stay. The only thing he asked is to take a shower with you every night because it was the coolest place in town. So anyway, and, and Woodrow was going to eat Charlie, and I told him, you reap what you sow, and Woodrow finally decided to leave him alone, and so we talked about obedience. Now, my dad's been watching this series, and he texts me afterwards, and he is just miffed that I left the snake part out. So the first day that he got there, we went to a dirt tank People from other countries call them ponds, um, and uh, so we went to this big pond, dirt tank, what, whatever you want to call it. We went fishing, okay? And while we were there, Woodrow is running around, and he's acting like a dog. It's a new place. There's new smells everywhere, and all of a sudden, on the other side of the pond, this is a big pond, he starts barking, rat, 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 and I mean, he will not stop, and he won't come. He won't do anything, so we, you know, reel our reel our lines in, and we walk over there. And has anybody ever seen a blue indigo snake? A blue indigo snake, look them up. They're about this big around, and they're about eight feet long. A big one is about eight feet long, and they eat rattlesnakes. And sure enough, we walked up. That's what Woodrow was barking at, is this probably eight-foot-long indigo snake is halfway through eating a four-foot rattlesnake. One of the coolest things ever. Well, when he, the snake really didn't bother with Woodrow, but when we got there, it raised up probably waist high, still had this rattlesnake halfway hanging out of its mouth, and it's crawling through the brush like this, carrying that snake. Well, we had to follow because this was cool, right? Well, I guess we kind of jacked with it too much because it ended up puking the snake out. So we killed the rattlesnake, and Dad ended up making, uh, we killed that rattlesnake, and Dad ended up skinning that rattlesnake and made me a hat band out of that rattlesnake. So there you go, Dad. I, I, I told, it didn't have anything to do with my preaching or anything like that, but that, it was still a cool story. Still a cool story. So there you go, Dad. Uh, so, uh, last week I, I also told you, know, first week I told you about getting Woodrow, last week I told you that, that we'd rode off from headquarters, and we actually did like a split shift down there in, in South Texas, you know, it was so hot, 
We quit work about between somewhere between 10 and 11 that morning, and we'd go back to work about 4. And we would work till 9, 10, sometimes 11 o'clock at night because it was cooler. And so we had ridden off about 4 or 5 o'clock in the evening to go gather this pasture, and we'd been, we'd been in a long truck for about 30 minutes from, from headquarters when Woodrow shows up. He jumped a fence and got out and come with us. Well, I had to be there to help move, and it was too, you know, if I went back and they waited on me, we wasn't going to get the cattle moved before sunset. And so, anyway, here we go. Well, I got to chasing some cows around that were, were doing the wrong thing, and I, last I saw of Woodrow, he was following another cowboy. And so I thought, okay, he'll, he'll stay with Zephyrino. When we got all the cattle moved and all of us met up at the gate, I looked around and Woodrow was gone. And I asked him, I said, have you, has anybody seen my dog? They're like, not my dog, not my dog. And so they rode back and I started retracing my steps where I had ridden all over this huge pasture on my way back to headquarters. This pasture was so big it had two windmills in it. And I mean, I, I was riding along and I, you know, and I just, Woodrow, Woodrow. And so I rode over to this uh, windmill and tied my horse up to it and Climb this windmill and just, I mean, as loud as I could, Woodrow, Woodrow. Not to climb down, God, please let me, you know. I mean, I, it, it, this is just, and it's not just a story, it's a true story. But I cannot tell y'all how much that dog meant to me, how lonely I was. For some reason, and, I, and if you've ever had a dog or you've ever worked at a place where you were just so lonely for companionship and everything in your life has changed. I, you know, I had left the girl that I thought I was going to marry because she said if I took a ranch job somewhere, she wasn't going to wait on me or go with me. And so, I mean, this is a horrible time in my life, and I'm just praying. I was like, God, please let me find this dog. Please let me find this dog. I know that when I get to this next windmill, it's old San Francisco mill. It was a wooden windmill that still operated. And so I climb old San Francisco Mill, and I'm like, Woodrow, Woodrow. And by now I'm getting hoarse, and I'm still praying, and you know I'm going along, and I'm in right there where I lost him. I went right back to that place, Woodrow. I retraced my steps all the way to headquarters, and I never found that dog. I never found that dog. Why didn't God answer my prayer? I seriously prayed. That, just a pup. Two days that dog had been in my care, and I lost him. Two days. What happens to your faith when something that you wanted so bad? What happens to your faith when you pray so hard you can feel it in your soul, and you believe with every ounce of your being? What happens when your prayer is not answered the way you think it should be? There are three things that will kill our faith. I'm not saying that these are the only three things, but there are three things that will absolutely destroy our faith. The first one are the what-ifs. And I went through those what-ifs. Well, what, what if I would have just gone back and, 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 and killed my whole, you know, you know, picked him up and loped back instead of just long trot and put him back in the deal or put him in the house. But I didn't put him in the house because it was so stinking hot down there. And, you know, what-if, 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 what-if. You go through a thousand what-ifs and you start... You, you start blaming. That's the second thing that will, will kill, uh, 
kill your faith is blame. Well, you know, I start blaming God. Well, God, you said that if I prayed that, that you would do this, and, and I just knew I, you know, blame God. Maybe you start blaming yourself. I even, you know, I saw Woodrow behind Zeferino. He was following Zeferino. Why didn't that dude take care of my dog? It was his fault. It wasn't his fault. He had a job to do, and taking care of my dog wasn't his. Maybe I shouldn't even took this stupid job. I'd still have my girlfriend, and you know, just blame. How about doubt? Doubt will kill your faith. We start doubting ourselves. We start doubting others. We start doubting God. What happens when your prayers are not answered? Or maybe a better way to ask that question is this. How do you respond when your prayers are not answered? What happens when you pray hard and believe, but you do not find your dog? What happens when you are a lonely young man living on a ranch where nobody even speaks your language and you lose your dog, but you have to dry your eyes before you get back to headquarters so the other cowboys didn't see that you cried on the way home? What happens when you holler out to God and all you get is silence? What happens? How do you respond when your prayers are not answered? What happens to your faith when God says no? Would you believe me? Would you believe me if I said the best prayers you'll ever pray are those that are not answered? Would you believe me if I said that a prayer that is not answered is the best answer that you can get? In order to understand that, before we can wrap our minds around the fact that one of the best answers is a not answered prayer, we have to be able to wrap our minds around this fact. You do not need anything but God. I don't care what you pray for. Unless you are praying for a relationship with Him, a ride with Him, you do not need anything except God. If you don't understand that, you're not going to understand the answer or a prayer that is not answered. You'll never get it. You will be filled with doubt. You will be filled with what ifs. You will be filled with blame. You'll find yourself blaming God, blaming others, blaming yourself and none of those three things are healthy we do not need anything but God in John chapter 7 verse 37 Jesus says this or the Bible says this on the last day of the feast the great day Jesus stood up and cried out now I want you to look at this Jesus stood up on the greatest day he stood up and cried out now he wasn't like a lot of us when we're sharing our faith uh, uh well you know I mean you can come to church and you know I, he stands up and he cries out and what does he say if anyone thirsts let him come to me and drink now he wasn't necessarily talking about some good wine or water he was talking about that he is the living water he was saying I am everything you need I am everything that you need to the point that you don't even need water as much as you need me. Then in John chapter 6, verse 51, or I, maybe I should say before that, he had said this, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. He's saying that, I am, that, that he is more important than food. He is the living water. He is the bread of life. And in John chapter 6, verse 40, right before that, we're going backwards. He says, for this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in Him should have eternal life. And I will raise Him up on the last day. There is nothing that 
you need more than God. Nothing. Not food, not water, not anything. And if you don't, if you are not able to wrap your mind around a concept that all we need is God, then we will never have a faith that can change our lives, that can change other people's lives, that can take us from where we are to where God wants us to be. That journey that we are on, it is a faith journey. It is a journey of dreams to where God makes the wildest dreams come true. And He wants to do that for His glory. He wants to answer a dream that, there's, that, that, you, that He is the only one capable. He wants you to go, God, there's no other way except you. That that, that, that dream could have come true. And He wants to do that. But it's going to take obedience also because you can't get to where God wants wants you to be by going your own way. It doesn't work like that, people. What do you really believe in? What is your faith made of? Is it made up of dreams? Is it, do you have obedience? Or do you want a faith where you can still do whatever you want to and make it to heaven? It doesn't work like that because we don't ever understand the grace of God, the gift that he gave. We do not need anything except God. We get to God through his son, Jesus Christ. He is our food, he is our water, and he is our salvation. We need nothing else. That's why Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God and everything else will be given unto you. To the point that he says, don't even fear those that can kill your body. Fear that one that has your soul in his hand, that wants to hold you, make you one of his kids. Faith is knowing that God is all you need. You do not need financial help. You need God because he's the source of all life, not money. You do not need healing. You need, you need God because he is the source of that healing. You do not need a better job. You need God because we should only serve Him, not put our faith in companies and salaries. You do not need a bigger house. You need God because He's our refuge and our reputation. You do not need direction in your life. You need God because He is the destination. You will never find direction without God. He is the source of all things. So we asked a question. We said, how do you respond when your prayers are not answered? There are three reasons why God would not answer a prayer. Three reasons why God would not answer a prayer. First, your prayer would ultimately take you away from him instead of to him. Okay. Now we have to understand, we may not be able to see that, but he is omnipotent. He is omniscient. And those are fancy ways of saying he's already seen the end. He knows every corner. If he answers your prayer, or if you pray a prayer, he automatically knows without thought, that is that answering your prayer, is that going to lead you to him or away from him? And if it leads you away from him, he's not going to answer it. He's not going to answer it. Even at the expense that you end up blaming him and turn away from him. Because he's not in the habit of you just, him saying, well, I'll answer every prayer if you'll just follow me. Oh, come on, please, 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 come on. Here, here, let me answer another prayer for you so you'll follow me. No, you'll get to put in faith in, 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 in those things instead of who he is. There are three reasons why God would not answer a prayer. Your prayer would ultimately take you away from him instead of to him. Number one. Number two. Many of you have heard me say this, and I'll, and I'll say it quickly. Uh, I was working for an oil field company. I was a pastor at the time. And I really, 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 really wanted, because I, 
in, in, to, to make it easy, it's like I lived in Kiowa, I worked in Denver, and my church was in Lyman, okay? It just, I, I was just being pulled in a lot of different ways, and, and so I was an inventory manager, and I wanted to be able to work from home two or three days a week, and I would do it from the church so that I could get some church stuff done and also do my job. And it was hard to do my inventory job because I was also in sales and, you know, it was just, it was crazy. And I did this big, big business plan because, I mean, this was for God, right? I prayed about this and I gave it to the owner and about six weeks later, he showed up in his personal plane. We went out to eat in Fort Stockton and he opened my business proposal up. And you could see all these marks, these circles, these scratch outs, these you know, notes in the margins and everything. He took off his glasses. He closed that, that presentation. And he goes, I just want you to know this is exactly what I've been looking for. Somebody to step up and make my company better. And I'm like, hoorah, yes, go God. He goes, I love this so much. I hired somebody to do it from home full time. No, not you, somebody else. I'd ask for two days a week. He hires somebody brand new to do the job from home full time. On the way home, I called my wife and she gave me answer number two of why God doesn't answer prayers because I prayed. I prayed that God would, would lay it on, you know, give me the wisdom and, and I, just all of this stuff, man. I believed. And I called her. She goes, what did he say? What did he say? What did he say? I said, he loved it. She's like, yes, I'm so proud of you. I said, he loved it so much. He hired somebody else to do it full time from home. Cricket. Cricket, cricket. Are you there, honey? Yeah, I'm here. And then she gave me answer number two of why God doesn't answer prayers sometimes. She said this. If you prayed about that and God said no, that can only mean one thing. I said, what? She said, he has something better in mind for you. You know, looking back, there's a good chance that if I would have got that, you know where I would be today? I'd still be there because I thought that was the best thing in the world. Plane, come pick you up, fly you places, work from home, have a nice little church. Things would have been good. I might not have ever been here if that prayer would have been answered. If God says no to you, it might be because your prayer, unbeknownst to you, would ultimately take you away from him instead of to him, and he is all we need. Or... He might say no because he's got something so much bigger and so much better than what you had planned that it will blow your mind. I ask you this question. I said, would you believe me if I said that when God does not answer prayers, that might be the best answer you can give? I still stand behind that because... I don't want God to answer a prayer that takes me away from him. I want him to answer prayers that leads me to him, closer to him, to know him better, so that I can know him better, so that he can guide me better, so that I can be the man that my family needs me to be, that, that the people that come and listen to me, whether online or on the radio or in person, need me to be. That's what I want. And if I pray a prayer and he says no because he's got something better planned, I hope he tells me no all the time because my, my dreams are this big and God is capable of this much. What happens when God tells you no? Your prayer would ultimately take you away instead of to him, number one. Number two, maybe he has something better in mind. And the third reason that God might not answer your prayer is because you need to grow first. You need to grow. What do I mean by that? My daughter, whom there's no other living being that I love more than my daughter, 
When she was 10 years old, she wanted a brand new Camaro. I would give my life for my daughter, but I did not give her that Camaro. Why in the world would we give a Camaro to a 10-year-old girl? Because she's not capable of reaching the pedals. Not Well, Riley's pretty tall. She could have reached the pedals. She could have reached the pedals. She's not mature enough to handle the Camaro. I would have had to make the payment. Oh, you know, there's just, I don't have to sit here and tell y'all every reason why I did not give a 10-year-old girl a Camaro. And maybe God is not answering your prayer because you need to mature a little bit. And maybe he's waiting on you to understand that sometimes a not answered prayer is this. It's a not yet, not yet, not yet. Three reasons why God would not answer a prayer. Number one, it may take you away from him instead of to him. Now, I don't really have a lot of theology to back this up. So don't go around saying, Kevin's saying this. Oh, you can say this, but I mean, you can say whatever you want to. But I have this theory that, that the devil, if, he, if he's capable of it, which I think he's capable of a lot of things. Look at this, the state of this world today. I think the devil's in, more in the business of answering prayers that leads you away from God than to God because that's all he wants to do is lead you astray, lead you astray, lead you astray. Because there's been times that we prayed prayers. God, if you would just give me this, and then you get it, and you quit going to church, you quit reading your Bible, you quit eating it. Took you away from God, didn't it? Be careful of those things. Be careful. That's all the devil wants to do is lure you away from your relationship with God. He does it in a number of ways, but they can all be categorized as sin. Three reasons why God would not answer a prayer. It might lead you away from him, number one. Maybe he has something better in mind, number two. And number three, maybe because we have confused a prayer that was not answered with a prayer that was not yet answered because we need to grow. How do you respond to a prayer that is not answered. Faith is made up of ands, dreams. That's what I mean by that. And this, and this, and this. God wants to answer your dreams. He wants to give you the desires of your heart. That's what the Bible says. He wants you to have a childlike faith. He wants you to believe that he is capable of anything. He wants you to obey him because obedience brings you closer to him. The ifs, if we choose God's way, this is, the, this is what happens. And the third thing that faith is made up of, ands, ifs, and not, not answered. Dreams are made up of ands. Obedience is made up of ifs. And you know what is made up of nots? Trust. Do you trust that his answer is the right answer? Even no. Even if everything that you have prayed for doesn't happen, do you trust that God's way is the best way? How do you respond to a prayer that is not answered? We should be thankful that he didn't let us wander off and go away from him. How do you respond to a prayer that is not answered? We should be thankful. We should be joyful that he has something better in mind for you. Think about that. And we need to be patient. How do you respond to a prayer that is not answered? We need to be patient to know that he loves us and wants to give us an abundant life down here and an eternal life with him. And that that is everything that we need is with him. How do you respond when your prayers are not answered? We need to respond with thankfulness, with joyfulness and patience and trust when our prayers are not answered, even though it breaks our hearts sometimes. When we work so hard, when you're so lonely, when everything seems to be going so well one minute and in the very next instance, it seems like your life has fallen apart. Did you know that an English grammar lesson with an actual actor from the show Gunsmoke, 
standing in front of a South Texas bunkhouse right after losing my dog completely changed my life. Come back next week and I will conclude finding Woodrow in a way that you never saw coming. Let's go to God in prayer. God, help us to find you. You, You're right there. We just need the eyes to see it. We need the faith to see it. We need the, the dreams, the obedience, the trust to know that you are there and you are all we need. God, there are so many people out here today that have been praying for something and that prayer has not been answered. God, let us look at that in a brand new way to know that you know what's best for us. Help us to put our faith in you. Help us to believe in you. And most importantly, if there is anybody that is listening right now that has not given their lives to you 100%, God, let them do that today. Just let them say, you know what, God, I give up. I'm tired of struggling. I'm tired of depending upon myself. I'm tired of the the rat race. I want to know you, and I want to know you through your son, Jesus Christ, who gave his life up for me so that I could get to you. God, we pray for all of those that are hurting, all of those that are sick, all of those that are struggling, and we ask that you feel those that have those prayers that have not been answered to give them faith, to give them hope, and for them to trust in you that sometimes those not answered prayers are just not yet answered prayers. And it is in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Hey, thanks for joining us for another clinic. Before you ride off, we have a special gift for you. Save the Cowboy has a brand new app available for iPhones and Android smartphones and tablets. You never have to miss another message, and we've thrown even more stuff in. There's a Bible, our full unedited clinics, Cowboy devotionals, videos. You can even order our books or call and talk to me. That's a ton of stuff that will keep you riding right beside the Lord for years to come. Please download it by searching your app store for Save the Cowboy, and don't forget to lend us a hand if God has blessed you and you like what we're doing. Just text Save the Cowboy to 77977. That's Save the Cowboy to 77977. For Save the Cowboy, I'm Kevin Weatherby. Stay out of the wire.